Again, it's great to be with you. In this episode, I'm going to be talking with Roger Gillespie, a longtime employee of Daytron World Communications, who I've had the privilege of working with over the last, gosh, probably close to 20 years now. And 10 of those 20 years, he was, in fact, my leader. Today, we're going to uh, be talking about some aspects of getting results using servant leadership. And specifically, we want to talk about intent and transparency, which we really believe are the engines that can drive results. Um, along the way, Roger's going to share some stories with us that he uh, likes to describe as stories that give him goosebumps. So, hi, Mr. Gillespie. How are you today? I'm great. Good morning. That's good. It's good to have you here, Roger. It's great to be here. And uh, just to get us started, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the source of this information that we're going to be talking about? Okay. Um, well, there's numerous sources, but mm -hmm. the one I've been fixated on recently is um, the implementation guide on um, being results-driven, Yeah. which is um, paramount in in our business and something you know I've grown to discover and use in my daily dealings yeah so Roger before we get started with our subject matter today why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got where you are in the first place a little bit about your personal journey yeah that's the fun part about um, being invited to to do this presentation <laughs> because um, the stories are what basically get to people's hearts about right. servant leadership. And, you know, we've re referred to that as our journey. And, you know, I, I go, without going too far back, but, you know, I came out of a pretty much power model type organization, and I had great mentors. I had some of the best bosses that you could expect. Mm. Um, and when I came to Daytron, it was similar. It was before we started Servant Leadership, and and Art Barter was an incredible, incredible team builder. We went offsite many, many times to build a team. Um, and when we started the journey of Servant Leadership, I'll, I'll never forget the day that he walked in the conference room with the executive staff and said, okay, we're gonna start a new chapter at Daytron today, and it's called Servant Leadership. And yeah, I, 30 years of experience, operational background, and, um, I, and I've been through many, many different development courses on management, leadership, and communication, but this was different. We kind of didn't know what it was, and he admitted that, <laughs> but we were going to go on the journey together. And um, because he was a good leader, we trusted him, we went on the journey, and, and that journey basically had to do with building some foundation for how we were going to run our company and we discovered the 13 behaviors of trust which is which those are the building blocks of our culture mm -hmm. and we took those 
building blocks and work them individually. Some resonated with others, uh, with, with some more than others. And um, it was through that journey that one day, what we were learning basically in a, almost a textbook fashion with real heavy intent, there's that word intent, mm. to go capture this culture at Daytron. Let's change our management style. That the light went on for me. And w I refer to that when it went from my head to my heart. Mm -hmm. Because I started doing something different in my behavior pattern and I saw the impact and how it inspired the team. Mm -hmm. And that's when I got it. Yeah. That was that was probably one of my first goosebump factors. Uh, it was just the most incredible experience. It's like, wow, this really works. So it's interesting because, you know, we're talking about getting results and how important that is. But, you know, the result of what you saw from people once you sent out these servant leadership behaviors, you know, the results you got were fabulous. Yeah, they were. Life-changing, really. Yeah, and huh. so we spent we spent a lot of time working on those behavior changes. And I think the most important part to emphasize why it was different than my previous mentors is the mentoring didn't just come from the CEO, from Hart. It came from your peers. Mm -hmm. It became a collaborative thing that was focused on this core of practicing these behaviors and implementing servant leadership. So we would have heartfelt conversations peer-to-peer -peer about a behavior change that wasn't working or maybe you could get influence from this person who's stronger in that realm than you are yeah. and vice versa. And and that was another, you know, aha moment when it was like, oh, wow, we're all leaders. We don't <laughs> just need to wait for the big guy to tell us what to do, right? Right. Um, we all started to get it, some faster than others. And that that's what grew us into the organization that we are today. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, we can, we can talk about the results aspect of it. Because when I, when I opened this book to get ready for this presentation, I... Um, I immediately got goosebumps on a couple different sections of it. And especially the fact that what we did, once again, very intentional, was our business at this point was doubling in size every year, basically. And we were having a tough time keeping up with it. And so um, somebody discovered a, um, a strategy tool that we implemented and it was basically your typical key performance indicators. You know, here we are again. We're this cakewalk servant leadership organization, but, oh, we're going to measure how we do things? Yeah, it doesn't seem like it goes together, huh? It doesn't, but it is the combination of the two. That's what servant yeah. leadership is. It's the behaviors and heart that want to inspire and help people, but also accountability to results, to goals that are common goals between everybody. And that's what we use this tool for. The incredible part was, and it blew the minds of the guys who were the agents of this, act, this uh, strategy tool, Art decided, we're also going to measure our servant leadership behaviors in this. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and we're going to measure trust in the organization. Mm-hmm. And those became things that we had scorecards. We had scorecards for on-time shipments, cash flow, all those business model things. But we also had scorecards on what are you doing, management team, individually to improve your behavior? And what are we doing as a company to improve trust? And every month we sat in a business review and we reviewed those. And individuals would get up and talk about maybe an aha moment or apologize for a bad behavior that they did. Mm-hmm. And it became that kind of collaboration where it was okay, it was safe to talk about it because I knew Carol knew that I had a listening problem or whatever my problem was. I had a lot of them. <laughs> and, and so we would hold each other accountable through this active strategy tool. The intent of that and the transparency of that, that's the part that resonates for me. What happens for me is, and this happened over time, as we looked at several different aspects of behaviors that we wanted to improve, for me, all of them came back to, and this is just for me personally, intent and transparency. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you are very intentional, like Art was about, no, we're going to do this and we're going to measure our success, and we forced the transparency. Yeah. Forced is a tough word, but we needed to do that. Yeah. You know, that the um, I think the thought at the time, at the beginning anyway, because of what, what Daytron as a company had been through previously, we really thought, well, you know, this is going to be a 30-day thing or it's going to, you know, four months from now, everybody's going to forget about this. And that was definitely not the case as we found that our leader and in turn we as leaders had to stay the course and see this thing through and of course the more progress you may make the more excited you get about it and the more committed you I think you become but yeah I like that that thought of you know it was a discipline on the one hand but yet that discipline forced this philosophy of um, leading for the sake of other people. Yes. You know. Yeah, it was, um, we were relentless about <laughs> how we did that, how yeah. we implemented the behavior changes, how we implemented being transparent. Um, one of the cliches, because the, the strategy tool was um, a stoplight system, you mm-hmm. know, as most key performance indicator systems are, a green light, yellow light, red light. Mm-hmm. And if you were a red light, you were a hero. Yeah. Because you weren't afraid to admit where the problem was. And the only way you're going to fix the problem is to get it out there on the table, get it up on the scorecard, and then develop a team to collaborate on how you're going to fix that. That drove relationships. Mm-hmm. I just got goosebumps thinking about <laughs> it. Because I think about what happened in those scorecard meetings, they were intense. They were, they were knock-down, drag-out business reviews in a servant-led fashion. Right. Because it was, okay, it was a safe environment. And, and not everyone jumped into that right away. Mm-hmm. But once they saw their peer group doing it and sharing their most catastrophic failure and then all of the objectives they put together to solve that, 
and then get it solved, it started to, it just, it just grew, it's organic. Everybody got on board and they started, then people started participating more. So I had three examples that we know you and Carol, you, Carol, you and I talked about that are related to that, to the scorecard. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> one of them was um, the product development in Daytron is something that we hadn't really focused very well on for a number of years before we started servant leadership. But once again, investing in our future, inspiring and equipping our engineers to let's get to the next level. We started on a new, very sophisticated radio development. And, you know, fast forward, long story short, um, a few years into that development, mm -hmm. which we thought would be less than a year, and quite a few million dollars into that development project, we didn't have a product yet. Now, we had a scorecard on this, and we had a bunch of very reliable engineers and program managers and um, what ended up happening was <laughs> one day we we're in a business review and it was like it was kind of like Groundhog Day every time I we went to the business review we watched the same thing on this development we we're in the same place we weren't really making any progress and Art basically said okay what, stop what are we doing here who did that presentation um, one of the executive admins was doing the presentation for an engineering scorecard and you know she commented back and it was really the engineers but I'm doing the presentation and he goes well you know what stop we're gonna not nothing against you but we're gonna change this today and he said we need a different level of accountability there's that word mm -hmm. right because we're not being good stewards of our resources we have spent way too much money we still don't have a radio we're missing time to market we need to get a new scorecard owner and long story short, I got nominated as a scorecard owner, which was a little odd because typically it was the department owned right. their own scorecard. Right. But we had to kind of withdraw a little bit from that philosophy because it wasn't working. And they said, let's put someone else in. And so we started down that trail. And probably because I have a, a very good relationship with a lot of people that I work with, have known them a long time, they were pretty receptive to that. They were a little bit timid about it. You know, this guy's going to measure it. It's a different way. But what we ended up doing as a result was implementing a bunch of different tools through this collaborative effort and people wanting to be part of it to see the stoplight go from red to maybe even yellow one day, <laughs> right? And eventually green. Yeah. And it's not about me. It's about the fact that our group collaborated the group of engineers. We implemented new systems to be able to measure it outside of the scorecard. Mm -hmm. um, we went to off-site product development classes to learn what best practices mm -hmm. were. We kept doing it the old Daytron way, doing it the old Daytron way. So we basically inspired the group to a different level and we got the product done. Uh, to me, that's that was exciting. Yeah. One of the one of the takeaways in there was <laughs> I'll never forget this, and it's just sort of my randomness. Someone's like, "Well, these are the roadblocks," and I said, "We don't have any roadblocks. We have speed bumps. <laughs> they may slow us down, but nobody's going to stop us, guys. It's mm -hmm. a mindset. 
just keep focused, keep moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. And so that kind of, the fact that art trusted me, I, I know that people saw, so they, as part of the team, trusted me, and the whole thing just started to grow. Yeah. And I don't, that wouldn't have happened in our previous culture. Mm -hmm. It would have been very siloed. Oh yeah. So this was a very collaborative, collaborative thing. Um, the other, the other couple of ideas that came out of that, we, um, the the intent and clarifying the expectation when you're doing a mm -hmm. doing a result. There's a couple examples of that that are paramount in in uh, clarifying expectations and accountability. We were going to implement a new ERP system, and um, I was a part of the steering committee with our CFO and um, our director of operations. And we got to implementation, and what Mr. Barter did was key. He clarified the expectation for the implementation, and he basically, we, we required someone from every department who was going to use the system. ERP is our enterprise, re, enterprise resource planning system. It's our database, basically. It's the machine that runs the factory from a computer standpoint. Um, so everybody is touching that keyboard. So every department manager was told their job for the next 90 days was reporting to me as the program manager for implementing the ERP system and that they needed to delegate anything they were doing to the next person in, in charge in their department. And if they had to be eight hours a day in the implementation for 90 days, that's where they were going to be. And we had a couple that had a hard time with that at first. They couldn't let go of their, their work environment, mm -hmm. but we eventually got them there. But clarifying the expectation from the top is, like I say, paramount in getting things done. Yeah. We run into this um, time and time again, really, when you, because it's, it's sort of a, clarifying the expectation to me is a practice that you have to keep doing, keep examining, keep going through your little mental checklist as you work with your team, because it's, it can be very elusive. And when you reach that point where the, you know, an outcome is not what was expected, and people look at you and say, well, I didn't understand. <laughs> you know, you know, you didn't do a good job at the beginning of clarifying those expectations. So in that situation, you had a very clear um, directive in a good way oh, absolutely. Um, to approach that, uh, that project so there were no, um, no doubts. Yeah, well, and, and it was quantified. Mm -hmm. The expectation was 90 right. days. And oh, by the way, here's how many hundreds of thousands of dollars we spent for this new system to support a business model that's doubling in size. And we're working on a system that was here, it's probably, it was probably 30 years old, right? So a very antiquated to it. Um, planning system moving into something more state-of-the-art, getting ourselves ready. And what's also important about that is we were equipping our workforce mm -hmm. and inspiring them with this new system. Yes, it's a change, but we, we all got through that. We all adapted. And it also um, it made us better at deliveries to our customer. 
which is, mm -hmm. isn't that why we're really here? Yeah. Yeah, that's supposed to be yeah. and so the all, outcome. And so all those elements were part of how the intent of this was defined. Mm -hmm. and, and I emphasize that to leaders. People want to help succeed. As long as you clarify what you're looking for, you're going to get the right results. Um, and then you couple that with our servant-led culture because you don't get there by pistol-whipping people, yeah. Yeah. right? I think it was Ken Blanchard who um, made the statement that um, the results aren't as important as how you get there. And we model that mm -hmm. because we do that in a very collaborative fashion. Right, right. So there's another sort of, I, I almost feel like it's a, um, sticky point with servant leadership and and that is around um, decision making and how people approach that and this idea that um, you know everybody should be empowered to make the decisions all the time and we have a little different spin on that or different thoughts regarding that in in the reality of doing servant leadership can you give us a little bit of background about decision-making strategies sure so um, the decision-making strategy um, is something it goes back to think about your thinking mm. you know you can't just jump right out with some decision take a little bit of time to process it and I know early on in our journey in servant leadership, a number of us would sit in some type of a business review or a executive staff meeting, and there would be this directive. Got to go do this and got to get done by that time. And um, you know, people are kind of scratching their head going, that doesn't sound like a servant leader, right? <laughs> and... Um, I know there was a point in time, I don't know if it's a specific time or if it occurred over a chain of a, a couple of different events, that our leader, because he was growing too in the, in the journey, sure, um, realized that was another thing he needed to clarify. And there's a model about this that basically, and I, I haven't, I can't articulate the model, but there are, there are kind of two real basic forms of decision making. And one is, if you're in an extreme situation, you have something that is very, a very hard stop, you have mm -hmm. to finish by a certain time, it, it requires some high-level decision-making process, um, that might, that's a command decision, where y you explain to your staff and your coworkers, this is where we're going, this is a command decision. When you say that and you've taught people what that means, it means we're not collaborating. Where there aren't you're right, right. You don't get a lot of buy-in on this mm -hmm. one. I need your help to get from point A to point B in this many times. It's a nitrous injection yeah. Yeah. project, right? It's right. one of those critical path things. And um, when you do that, 
what it does is it takes away that skepticism that people have with why is our leader who's a servant leader giving us a directive mm-hmm. well, because he's being a good steward and we trust him right and we know that he needs to get from here to there so then we started to learn that too because there were now you can't over overuse that every decision I make is right. a command decision that would be the power model yeah. <laughs> but you have and so you have to use it wisely and you have to think about that when you're in the decision process versus a collaborative one where uh, a collaborative one actually the ERP implementation was a little bit of a combination of the two the command decision was 90 days right. here's your role the collaborative piece was then they understood their their requirement we sat in conference rooms doing pilot of, of database conversions for weeks mm-hmm. and it was collaborative because we all had to work together because what I did transactionally affected you and we're looking at that to make sure when we go live it's going to work and the collaborative aspect is trusting your team to say there's the goal we're going to go up Mount Whitney you guys go get ready to do that and let me know each week how you're doing yeah and that's that's my best analogy of collaborative where you let the team do the deal and you trust them to do that all you want is some kind of reporting mechanism back or you may not want a reporting mechanism Um, there are others where one of my one of my challenges um, because I'm still on the journey, I'm still learning, and actually it, it sort of correlates to the decision-making process, is there is a decision to withdraw. Mm. And I have a situation, uh, a, a, a daily office kind of situation, that is, it, it bothers me. And what I know is that I've tried, I've looked myself in the mirror, and, I've, and I can tell myself, I've done everything I possibly can at this point, and it's counterproductive. I'm going to back away. And and that doesn't mean I'm not going to go back there someday. Right. Exactly. That's so important. But um, you will run into situations where you pull a team together, and there's two naysayers, and it's not going to work, and you, and you basically withdraw. Now, you tell them, we're just going to withdraw. We're going to try a different approach because this isn't going to work transparency mm-hmm. my intent isn't changing we're going to get there a different way yeah I keep going back to those two those two are that's my balance yeah that's that's really important advice because I don't think people I think people equate the withdrawal with you know throwing up your hands and and being defeated and that is not necessarily the case Sometimes, as a leader, you need to step back and try and look with a different perspective, a different set of eyes, perhaps, um, to think about what really needs to happen before you go down that road again. Yeah. And, and how I measure to make that decision is... Like I said, if, I, if I've tried and I know that trust is not going to grow, mm. so now it's counterproductive. It's, it's, it's like rewarding bad behavior. 
there's nothing personal about anybody. Right. It's just there's a situation that the, what makes the most practical sense to do is back away and maybe start over a different way. Mm -hmm. But say that to the group. Because then you also get an acknowledgement of, oh, he was frustrated. Mm -hmm. And he told me that. Right. And that might actually influence their behavior a different way. And they may come up to you afterwards and go, was I part of that? Well, let's work on that, right? So, so you have to be open and yeah. honest. Yeah, well, the on. typical behavior is just to, you know, you would do the withdrawal, but you don't tell anybody yeah. <laughs> why you're doing the withdrawal. Walk out you're, of the just, room. you're just over there upset, you know. If thinking that people should notice. I mean, there's a little bit of the victim, I think, mentality if you go that route. But to say I'm making a decision to step back does exactly what you described. Then people want to know, oh, what, you know, what's going on kind of thing. Yeah. That's, that's very, very interesting. But it brings you, definitely illustrates your, um, your intentionality mm -hmm. in what you do and definitely your, uh, your transparency. So I think we've reached the end of our road for today. Okay. I want to thank you so much for being here and talking with me. It's always a joy. But i got to tell you one more thing. Okay, tell me one more thing. <laughs> tell me one more thing. This is, this is my absolute goosebump factor. Um, amongst all this, the one thing that we do is a lot with the community. Mm -hmm. It's something that has changed my life. I talk about this every time I talk to anybody about servant leadership. What we do with um, our charitable fund and donations to the community, and it's created relationships with me with a couple of the local unified school districts. And it's when I can see the look on those kids' face that I'm so blessed to work at Daytron to have that at, at my fingertips, something that I can go and, and help people out in the community. and. It was interesting this morning. I had two or three emails from people within one of the local unified school districts um, asking for my help. And last week, um, we did a, a charitable grant to a, a local elementary school um, to basically rebuild their library. Mm -hmm. And it's, it wasn't a ton of money, but the gratitude and the excitement from the librarian and the school teacher who I'm associated with, um, that's a result. Mm -hmm. A result of, of what we do at Daytron and how we measure that is how we help our, our friends and our mm -hmm. community. Yeah. And I, can't, I have to share that. Well, that, I mean, obviously that's like so cool. And, I, and the point here, um, is that servant leadership isn't just about how you lead in your company um, in the work that you do. Servant leadership becomes part of your life and, uh, and your life is, is enriched by living in that way. Um, Roger's a guy that went from being, you know, Mr. Operations guy, Mr. Materials guy for many, many, many years and his world has just expanded um, in a very important and big way. So, again, we are grateful to have you here today. Thanks so much. You're welcome. 
And for our audience, if you are interested in what we've been talking about, you can find our booklet called Results Driven Servant Leadership on our website, www.servantleadershipinstitute.com. And it is one of a series of booklets that we wrote um, that really contain some very practical information about doing servant leadership. And it's based on our adventures at Daytron World Communications. Um, SLI would like you to save the date for our 2018 Servant Leadership Conference, which is going to be held on February 19th and 20th, and will include a networking event on February 18th. Um, It's going to be a great conference, and we hope to see many of you there. And also, you can sign up for our weekly tips. Again, the weekly tips are practical things that you can do in your team, your department, your company, and they come out fresh once a week, and you can sign up for those, again, by going to our website, www.servantleadershipinstitute.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. It has been our joy to pour into your life.